You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Hey, what's up? This is Chadis from Hell Yeah and Mudvayne. This is Ron Bumblefoot Fall. Hey, this is Barbara Wild. And this is Daniela Clark. This is Johnny from Art of Dying. Hey, this is Mixie from Stitched Up Heart. Hey, this is Nick Reese from Joyous Bowl. Hey, this is Josh from Badflower. Welcome aboard the shit making way. Fuck! Hey, this is Ralph Sutton. This is Aaron Jones. What's going on, gang? Zach Wild here. And you're listening to Making Waves, the Shiprocked Podcast. Making Waves. Welcome to Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, part of the sound, talent, media family, and the fastest growing rock podcast in the world. We have the facts to back it up. We've had nearly uh, 6,000 downloads this year alone, and our community is larger and more involved than ever. Thank you so much for the support. And remember to review, rate, subscribe, and share. Share with all your friends. So it's episode 51 tonight, and our guest tonight, well, this is a little different for us. It's someone who's in this business, but I wouldn't say he's, he is on the stage you're almost you're almost a goddamn artist. Anyway, it's a uh, it's John Guarnieri, and uh, welcome, John. Awesome, man. Thank you uh, for having me on here. Just a little background on you. John is the tour security director for um, Shine Down, Smith and Myers. Stop me when I've gone too far. Nickelback. Well, I don't. He's done Nickelback. I, I, just, I don't know if you're still active with them. At I the mean, moment. they're not active right now, but I'm yeah. sure that will get busy. Yeah. Uh, John's worked with Breaking Benjamin, also another band called Charming Liars. And John is the CEO of Silver Spear Security. Uh, they do, obviously, concert and uh, tour uh, security. They also do about 75, maybe 100 events a year doing security for that. All kinds of stuff we'll get into regarding that. John also is the host and creator of a very successful uh, podcast called Spear Talk. You guys should definitely check that out. John uh, talks to everyone in the field of security, to martial arts, to, you know, all kinds of iconic legends in film, survivalist books, authors, uh, you name it. I always describe John's thing as the security meets Comic-Con because he has some seriously interesting <laughs> character actors from, uh, from obscure movies. And it's, a, it's just a lot of pop culture. So he does that weekly and it's exciting. So check that out. It's called Spear Talk. And he also does something with uh, his buddy, uh, Zach Myers from Shinedale called uh, Seemingly, what is it? Seemingly, Seemingly Unknown, Unknown Podcast. Podcast. And it's uh, Zach from Shinedown and Paul, who is the tour, or the, uh, tour merch uh, director for anyone like J-Lo and Lizzo. So... Other industry yeah. person, and you guys can check that out as well. They'll talk about everything from alien abductions to I think this week's uh discussions about Britney, uh, Britney Spears, the release of Bill Cosby, uh, and some stuff about uh, the ideal orgasm voice. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a wide variety of topics, and it's all very unfiltered. So, anyway, yes, John, welcome, buddy. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover. I obviously know you very well, but we want to definitely let people in who aren't aware of you or what you do in behind uh in a little secret of being john so dude tell us first and foremost we got to know about the podcast how did it come to be this thing's amazing uh, guys i don't know if you know getting a podcast up and off the ground is a challenge getting people to focus in on it and subscribe to it and pay attention to it is a whole other ball game and within probably less than a year john has gotten his subscribership up to ten thousand people and for well, basically, a security podcast, that's how it started out to what it's become now. That's, it's such an impressive number. Um, and he's got merch to go along with it and everything else. So he, you've got this kind of like following already with it that is uh, it's quite impressive. So tell us how that came to be. Uh, yeah, totally. And before I kind of jump into that, though, you and I are also on another podcast called Scatterbrain, uh, which is a little bit different than everything else I'm part of. But, and uh, you had to bring that up. It's totally different. <laughs> but anyway. Un- unfiltered. Uh Yes, very unfiltered. So 
Spear Talk, at the onset of COVID, uh, Justin works with uh, uh, Silver Spear Security. He does all the social media and all the stuff. So he's one of the people I talked to numerous times throughout the day. Uh, but the onset of COVID, um, I was, there wasn't anything fearful of me in terms of my job or career. I knew, uh, hey, touring might not be going off a little bit, but estate security with the riots, that's going to pick up what you did. So the piece of the pie is always changing. But I was I was kind of afraid that, I like my role as security director. I like talking to people, uh, whether it's a local venue or local police, firefighters, military, uh, promoters, bands, artists. I like that interaction and I also love learning. And so I kind of started this thing where I'm like, I read this book uh, by John, Lieutenant John Norris. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast, read the book, loved it. Uh, he's a ga- outdoor gamesman, game warden. And I read the book. And I reached, I sent the message. I was like, hey, I've never done this before. I don't know even what the name is yet. It eventually becomes Spear Talk, but I'd love to talk to you for like an hour just about your career in the book and all that stuff. So that went really well. Uh, then I had Lauren Avedon, uh, Hapkido, eighth degree black belt uh, actor. And so I start getting these people from survivalist shows and Naked and Afraid and authors and actors and musicians and some of the guys from Nickelback and Shinedown have been on my stuff. And you kind of spitball to this thing where this for every week, I basically get to research a different topic, whether it's human trafficking, domestic abuse, workplace violence, uh, wildlife conservation, uh, actual concert security, uh, anything that goes into kind of under the security umbrella, I just kind of jumped into. And uh, it's been super amazing. Um, like Justin said, we're about to cross 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, I'm now just over 52,000 um, downloads on all streaming. And so for something that started off as very, I had no idea what to, I'm doing to now I got to hire someone like Sanjay to start editing my photos and hire someone to do all the artwork. Like it's, it's kind of really cool and unique and I'm forever grateful for the supporters and fans and people that just want to learn something, have fun. Uh, it, it comes off. A lot of topics could be serious, uh, whether it is domestic, uh, violence or stuff like that, but I, I do it in my way where I can make it at least somewhat, uh, not as scary or daunting or boring. Um, it, it, again, it's really grateful for everyone to check it out. Now, let me ask you, one of the things that we always run into with podcasts, this one included is like, how do we reach out to people? How do we get their attention? Because podcasting over the last 12 months, 15 months has been, it's blown up because people needed an outlet. And a lot of artists and everyone uses this as some sort of tool for the, either the product or just themselves, their own brand, or they're just curious like you. They want to find out about other people and other things going on. What did you do differently in order to uh, it, kind of start no, finding that audience? It's a great question. I know you and I talk about it all the time. And I think it hit at the right time. Obviously, uh, I don't I don't I don't want to say COVID was this uh, great thing to happen. Cause obviously people's lives were affected and jobs lost. Like I, I sympathize with that, but I've always said since the beginning, uh, even before COVID, if something bad happened, like if you leave COVID not better than you were before COVID, that's kind of on you. Now take out the medical issues and stuff like that. If you physically can't do it. But for me and my brain, I needed to tell myself if I'm going to do this, I need to, I need to get really good at it. And so one of the first things uh, that I did was literally just share this anywhere I can. Like I was never on Twitter. Um, I was never on LinkedIn really doing the stuff. I kind of realized that I treat everything as social media, especially for this brand. And I put all my eggs in the YouTube basket. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of just treated that as a social media platform. Like obviously Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff is there, but YouTube for me, that's, those are my, that's my social media page. I have 10,000 people just on Spear Talk right there that chime in any chance they get. The other thing I do, every comment I get, whether it's good or bad on any, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, a tweet, I respond to it. Uh, very rarely do I get any bad comments. It's more people like, oh, I don't like this guest or whatever it is on that, but I respond to everything. Everyone to me is vital to the Spear Talk brand. And as I kind of noticed, as I started doing that, 
my the followers and supporters started sharing it on their own. They're commenting, or I get messages from people still where like, man, this is so cool. You actually interact with me and send me messages on uh, on YouTube, uh, or you talk to me on Twitter. Uh, I started a YouTube membership page for Spirit Talk, where now we're over 50, 60 people every month. They get, I'm always putting out two to three extra hours of content, other shows, other episodes, and I'm creating like this really cool community where no drama, no politics, no religion, but just really honest to truth questions and have fun. And that I, I firmly believe that a, any customer, uh, if you are paying for service or just watching something, you should get the hundred percent best for that, whatever you're watching. And some days I feel like shit or I'm having a bad day, maybe like today, I didn't want to wake up and record a reaction video. And I was like, you know what I got to do this because these people, they want this and I need this for myself. And that's the thing. Like it's a full-time job on top of everything else we do life and dealing with sick family members and touring and working and jumping our cruise ships and whatever, uh, you have to, you can't take a day off on this stuff. And so for me, once I started Spirit Talk, I I didn't think it would grow the way it is now. Um, but now I'm just kind of like, man, maybe what I'm doing and what I'm saying is actually working. And so I'm going to keep doing that. And uh, that's what I really love about it. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned was engagement, reaching back out to people, regardless of the comments. And you reach out in singular, make, you know, you make single posts to each person. That's inclusion. And that's really what a, people, a lot of people do enjoy is when they feel included now, they've got some skin in the game. Um, and I think we over here at Shiprock and making ways when we're doing our socials for Shiprock, we reach out to everybody, man. We, we've got to the point, obviously we've been up for years now. We let them control a lot of pages. We want them to roam with it and have fun with it and create that community within themselves, but initially and still do on things that we control separately. We definitely do that thing. We outreach, you know, and you're going to get, you post something and you're like, you get, a lot of people that kind of want to give you the old elbow and you just got to be like, you know, you just try to play nice with everyone, but yeah, it's, it's seriously important. And that part of your growth is to have that kind of personal touch, which you're doing, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention, um, when we'll get to your security life yeah. here soon, uh, for people out there, John is also a former secret service agent. And I think it's vastly important to his his career and his life and what he does for a living. So we'll, we'll come back to that, but I, I definitely wanted to add that in before we went on to the next subject. So going from Spear Talk, which is your thing, and you brought in some serious, good creative people to help you make it more professional. That show, yes. And you mentioned Sanjay. Sanjay is the video and photographer for uh, Shinedown and, and uh, Smith and Myers. And I think he's also worked with Asking Alexandria yep. and several other bands. So yeah, so he's- Ken Sinclair he's, runs my merch and he's kind of like my producer where I can kind of bounce ideas off mm -hmm. uh, in terms of just like kind of ideas in my head. Cause I have a so ton of ideas that are really stupid. So you have a team behind you now. So it goes from you, just John, just knocking a few episodes out to becoming this machine, which you have to do in order to keep the quality up. Because at that point now, when your quality is good, your content's good, obviously you've gone to merch now. And I see you sell out of merch items. So that's all another thing. What, what started the whole merch thing as part of it? Was it, was there an interest there? Or did you just kind of throw it into the wind and see if it would work? I kind of, I had ideas. I, as you, you obviously know me and a bunch of the people that are listening to this probably do. Uh, I have a very uh, weird sense of humor, very, uh, just my humor is very out there. And so I've always had ideas in my head where, oh, this would be a great t-shirt. And this is at the onset of COVID where I'm like, I'm never going to make this shirt. I'm never going to make a hundred of these shirts. Uh, but as the, the podcast started going and stuff started clicking in my head, I was like, man, maybe I could, let, let's just do a trial run of coffee mugs or t-shirts. Uh, just to see it. Like, I think it'd be kind of cool just to get the brand out there. Maybe someone's going to be in the grocery store, see that shirt and be like, what the hell is that? And then I get mm -hmm. one new person there. So I'm investing in myself, but as items started selling out and people demand grows, I was kind of like, you know what, maybe this is kind of cool. Like I could do some cool stuff here that really I'm just doubling, always doubling down on myself. So every week, I have an idea or a, a thing I want to go with. I'm putting back in everything I've got and doubling back in again, because I, I know where I want this to go. I know what my goals are. And there's nothing, I'm not, nothing's going to get in my way of getting there. So mm -hmm. the merch is one of those things where, oh, man, I don't know. This is kind of, I'm not a merch guy. I don't play a merch people. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's risk because you are using your own money to, to fund this. And you're like, what right. if I, I just made a hundred hoodies. What the hell am I going to do with them? I've only sold four. Right. But that's thankfully that's not the case for you because like you said, you have some ardent fans who want to support you because they believe in what you're doing. And uh, you know, as uh, the, the more successful you are on those things, obviously the show continues and grows and they get better quality content. 
the uh, not the well earlier today I actually got an email from a, a follower uh, that she's a, a therapist. She works with uh, kids that have dealt, dealt with abuse or drug use. Basically, a place a safe haven for kids to go talk to someone else who's professional about their problems and issues in their heads. And she's she's shown a couple episodes to some of these kids, and they've really resonated. And she's like. I sell notebooks and I'm always talking about note taking the importance of note taking when you're working, mm-hmm. uh, especially for security. And they were just talking about the idea of using these notebooks to kind of write down their feelings and thoughts based on episodes they might have seen with me and uh, Sam Jones and Flash Gordon talking about his mental health and kicking down the door and just trying to stay afloat. And so what I really love about these guests is that you know these people from movies and TV shows or these really good books, but there's more to them than what you know them for. And that's where I like to dig deep and deep that email today. I mean, it just, for that to resonate to someone that I never expected to even give a care about this. Uh, sure. It's really cool. Let me ask you quick before we go into talking about your other podcast with, with Zach is like, it's never a good idea to ask, Hey, what's your favorite episode? What's been your most interesting episode with your guests what guests presented the most interesting as far as like not so much like their story but what struck you personally as something you didn't know or were you surprised by uh one of the actual god the second or third episode uh i had a dr lewis lee on and she's the founder of children of the night which is basically uh she's the leading expert uh for uh, sex trafficked children and adults. Mm-hmm. And so that was at the onset. Remember before the pandemic, there's the human trafficking thing. And obviously sure, it's a huge sure. issue, but for whatever reason, it hit at the right time. And I was asking questions that I thought I knew the answers to. Uh, but to kind of, when she talked to me about that, it kind of really affected me like, this is a real issue. And for me to even be able to talk to some of her clout about this very topic uh, was super important to me. Um, it's, it's so funny because, I love the movie Roadhouse and uh, for obvious reasons. And sure. I had Marshall Teague on the show and he he's had one of the biggest episodes I've ever had done. And just to hear him talking about like everything from Roadhouse to his military life. And he was a sheriff in real life and all this stuff. It's just, for me, it's kind of surreal because I, I asked him to be on the, the podcast because I resonated he, he maybe want to be the good guy because that's how good his villain was. And so we talk about that stuff and that's why I reached out to some of these actors. Uh, and that episode was powerful to me, but honestly, every episode I had the illustrator for goosebumps, uh, Tim Jacobus, where I literally talked about how his books helped me learn how to read. And I literally judged a book by its cover because of him. Uh, that's great. and so it's just great guests like that, where and you're going to be, you'll be on the podcast soon. And I can just talk to people that, are either in my industry or under the security umbrella or just have a really cool life that whatever I could do to help amplify their voice too. What, what I, why I always refer to your thing as the comic cons because comic con and cost people, people who go to comic cons, you and I probably both do. I haven't been to one in a while, but when I do go, it's like, we always try to find not so much the obscure actor, but the actor that, in the billing, you don't pay much attention to, but when they get on screen and they, for the whole hour and a half, they resonate with you. And like everyone from Michael Berryman to, 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 um, Vernon Jones to, uh, Vernon Thomas, Jones. G, yeah, Thomas G. Waits of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you say their name and most people kind of look at you cross-eyed, but then you go, here's a clip and they go, Oh, I, I hated that guy. I love that guy. That's almost the most interesting man is you pull these people out and, go, and in my mind, I'm going, where in the fuck did he find this guy? How did he, what, who's repping this person he was able to have a conversation with? I assume a lot of times it's just going straight to the, to the source. Yeah. It's it's getting to the point now though, where there, I'm, I've got a bunch of guests coming on that have proper, uh, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, Mm -hmm. um, but that has like a team behind them, like whether it's a PR or management or this type of stuff. And they're kind of like, uh, this is the weirdest request because this isn't like a normal oh tell me about your movie oh did you like killing this guy or when you, when you start acting it was the, the topics you want to talk to our our client are so like they're not used to this so yeah we're gonna say yes but like we're kind of we don't get how this came about after all these years why is this the first podcast reaching out that wants to talk about michael berryman living with wolves and his 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 love of wildlife conservation and it's just like people are like Okay, let's do it. And so yeah. it's a trust thing too. Um, I've had to do a couple of episodes with guests that I wanted to, but th- there's bigger fish above them that 
or see these numbers and see how the interview goes. They're like, holy shit. Like this is a really, this is really a depth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just, no, it really is cool. And all, all the guests are amazing. I love learning each week. Um, that's the best part of it. Yeah. Hey, uh, welcome everyone from Facebook on Facebook live. You're, you're, you're here live with, a <laughs> John Guaneri. So listen, John, um, say Hey to Facebook, John. Oh, Hey Facebook. How are you tonight? <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're here talking to John. John is a tour director, security guy for shine. Now Smith Myers. He's worked with Nickelback, Benjamin breaking Benjamin. I'm sorry. Uh, charming liars. He has, Two very successful podcasts. We're going to talk about those one of those real quick before we start going into the whole tour security thing, which I'm sure a lot of people are coming here for. Um, so you're doing this uh, other podcast, seemingly unknown podcast with Zach Myers from Shine Down to Smith Myers. How did that come to be? I know you're already in the midst of doing your own. Did did, did Zach say, "Hey, I like what you're doing. Let's do one together"? Uh yeah. Because uh, to back up a little, he's going to be a guest coming up. We actually have a couple. Of, he's going to be on there for a couple episodes with some really cool guests. Uh, okay. But I think it's one of those things where I kind of we we're joking about it before COVID. Like, man, it'd be kind of kind of cool to do like a touring like podcast where you kind of shoot the shit and tell stories, but don't name dirt or don't do the drama per se. But just kind of have fun with different stories and people and whatever. So mm -hmm. I started doing mine. And then I obviously I had Barry on there. I had Mike from Dickelback. Uh, I had Eric Bass uh, from Shine Down. And so I, he was kind of like, man, we should really do this. And he's always had this idea to be, do the seemingly unknown podcast. And that's a whole other story of how we got the name. Uh, but we, we, again, we took the leap of faith there and myself, Zach Myers and Paul Dominguez, who's the other host. Uh, we said, let's just do this. We're going to have no, uh, no filter per se. Uh, but let's just be real and talk about stuff as three guys would that are no, they're experts of their own opinion. And that literally is all it is. And so, uh, it's super fun. Like every, yeah. every Wednesday at 7 PM, we launch on YouTube and we do streaming and all that. And it's just fun, man. Cause one week we literally talk about Bigfoot and people that like to have sex with trees, which is a real thing all the way to, uh, human trafficking or this latest Britney stuff or uh, so anything that happens in the world, we're very in tune with it. Cause we are very into pop culture and the news and sports. Yeah. And so we just have yeah. fun with it and we, we go really serious and we can also go really bad shit, stupid, funny. So yeah, uh, that's, it's kind of fun. That's interesting. That's good. But it keeps you busy for sure. Hey guys, uh, those who join us on, on Facebook live here. Oh, look, Chad's joining us back from his vacation. Um, guys, remember, submit your question for Walk the Plank now, if you could. We will use that question on the air. If we choose yours, we'll reward you with a $50 merch store credit. So you have um, a few minutes to come up with one, if you could. Karen Gaffney, you've won a couple of times, darling. Why don't you, uh, I don't know, go ahead, and Andrew. Let's see what you got. Um, you we'll go, go from there. For a while. Yeah, why don't you go to sleep for a while? So anyway, John, so let's get down to nuts and bolts, buddy. Tour security. Um, if people just joining us... Uh, Keep in mind that John, before he decided to get into the rock and roll business, was a secret service agent. So uh, he has a little bit of uh, understanding of the security world under his belt before he even got in, involved in this madness. But uh, so speaking of the madness, bud, how did it come to be? How did you get involved in the tour security business? Uh, so after the 2012 campaign, I was only home, uh, I think 30 something, 31 days that whole year. And so I was jumping from Obama to Romney to literally, I spent more days off in Rancine, Wisconsin, and T-Deck, New Jersey than I ever, I never want to go back to any of those areas. And so I, <laughs> and I and also the kind of step back, I went through a divorce. Um, and so I, I love, I still love the security aspect, the protection, the helping others and service for yourself, but I was kind of tired of the politics of the actual government. Um, so I lo and behold myself a year and a half after that, uh, I met my current CEO now, Chris, uh, Loudon, uh, backstage at a Nickelback show. And I saw him in the corner. Um, and I knew what he was there doing, obviously. And so I went to talk to him. I could care less about the artist backstage crap. So I'm talking to him. I go, Hey man, if I ever get, burnt out here per se from this side of it let's talk and maybe i can jump over with you and so in 2014 i did that and uh we've been uh 
having fun ever since. And uh, it's a re- it's uh, I, and I, if I do have to say one thing, a lot of times people think, oh, secret service or you're a body guy. There, there's you're paid for what could happen. Um, but it, it's there's a lot of you're not just there for the photo ops and the cool trips and the hotels like there's a lot of hours and time and hardship like I for literally the last 10 years of my life I've missed weddings and funerals um, and just stuff for holidays and my own birthday it's just so it's all bullshit problems to have but people that want to jump into this industry it doesn't have to be security think it's oh it's oh it's a great concert those motherfuckers that are there at four in the morning until 4 a.m putting up and taking down the show like this is a really tough industry and with the last year happening the way it did i feel for a lot of these men and women that had to suffer through that uh so man it's 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 so it's now you ask a lot of times people like oh the politics of government versus politics is the uh, entertainment industry totally different, both super stupid. And so it's just, Chad, you would know. Uh, And so it's just, it is kind of weird dealing with it, but I am really good with people, I think, whether it's publicist to management to local reps. So customer service is always number one in this industry. And uh, the people you see fail or mess up are the ones that can't really handle that. That's really interesting that you mentioned that you're right. This business, at least security business, is not about being the biggest guy in the room that's going to scare people away. It's about how to navigate all those different people, the agents, the managers, the the promoter, the catering person. It's just about navigating and it's people skills. If you have decent biceps and great people skills, you're just as good off as some big, big, big behemoth guy, right? Yeah, those guys that those guys that have the punch first mentality are the biggest joke. Uh, and they just, they're just there cause they, they, they watch the Hollywood movies. I think that's what they are. That's all. Oh, this is real life roadhouse. This is in line of the fire. This is all, this is the bodyguard. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Same here. Jeez. Uh, Terry Funk's everywhere. And so I'm just like those people. I always, when I see them fail and I, if I have the opportunity to pull them aside, Hey, like you're going to fail. And this isn't me being an asshole or whatever, but I know enough that you're, you have to, this is all customer service. It's easy to throw a punch. It's a lot harder to communicate with someone. Well, even if the person is a drunk person in the crowd or you did with medical or a, an erratic parent who can't find their kid or a, a drunk band member or a, whoever it is at a festival backstage somewhere, like it's so much easier to throw the punch and the people that throw the punch, they just want the chicken shit way out and don't want to put the time and the work in to do the right thing. And uh, I hope to knock on wood uh, to just keep kind of be that same person because it's, you can't, you people have people can have bad days and it's not by i can't it's easy for me to yell and scream at someone but if i can politely talk to them and pull them aside where it's quiet and find out what the deal is i get a lot more done than screaming or pulling some over barricades and all that garbage yeah i mean i've worked um in the concert business whether that be for the club side as a talent buyer uh, i saw you uh during the pandemic it, uh, yeah, Smith and Myers. One of the things, yeah, we did, yeah, exactly. We did, uh, we did a few shows. I, I no longer, I no longer do that. I'm working at for a management company now. Uh, but I've spent 15 years as a talent buyer producing shows across the state of Michigan from Detroit to Kalamazoo. Uh, and I spent a lot of time on the road touring, uh, as a musician. And so I've seen those, I've seen the, the security guard from the club standpoint as a as a person in the uh, the club, a guest in the club, if you will, uh, as also employing those those folks at the club and festival level. And then also as a touring member for uh, a, a band that we were touring with. We, we never had security ourselves. Nobody cared enough to get their signature from me. So, uh, you know, no one had that. <laughs> Had, I could fight those fights if you know. Just your underwear. Yeah, One of the, yeah exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I think is mo- the most uh, the most important part of that job, and you already kind of nailed it on the head, but I've always looked at it like if you don't understand the psychology and that in some point in, in time that you're also a psychologist uh, here in this moment of tra- uh, of verbal transactions that'll happen in a d- drunken, crowded place or just simply like mind, like when you're talking about the artist side, like you're going to listen to them. You're going to be with them in places that nobody else will ever be, including their bandmates. Uh, when you're that close with them, more importantly, you're going to be in front of them representing them 
in front of their business, the people who are so like understanding how to take this moment of awkwardness and make it a win for everybody, including yourself, so that it doesn't continue to per, uh, per, perpetrate itself into like further problems. It's the most important job. Long story short, I think it's the most important job on the road. It, I mean, from the venue side, from checking in the people I see as a, as a fan, when I come to the door and I get my ticket taken and patted down by security, you don't want some fucking, you know, some grab bag touching all over you, treating you like shit, you know, when you're going to go have a good night. You spent a lot of fucking money and already got somebody hurting you like cattle. With that being said, you want to feel safe so that people are getting pat down. And how do you yeah. deal with those awkward situations? So I, I had, I had, um, a lot of questions that I was going to ask you, and I coming in late, and I, was, I think we we're just going to try to dump me in on some no, way dude, to let's, No, let's ask away, man. Let's 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 get some questions. There's a lot to cover. Well, I think that I think that maybe if I, I mean most of them will be answered in my five would you rather questions because it is. I, I try to make some fun parts of those questions, but also pretty telling of the job. So maybe we can just go into that if, if that's cool with you. Yeah, I want a question I want to ask right now. So you're out with, well, you're getting ready to go out. You just finished up with Smith and Myers. They went through a, are they are they still going to do it? Are you guys yeah, going to we go did, uh, we did, uh, I think, 50-something shows maybe through the pandemic. Uh, various drive-ins. The last run we did was actually indoor shows, full capacity. Uh, so but the shutdown kicks off uh, rehearsals in about two weeks. Then we got 10 shows in August. Then we got a month or so in September, October. So uh, let me, let me uh, ask good. you, so doing Smith and Myers, when you guys are out and Chad knows during the pandemic, you guys are doing those drive, drive-in type shows. And then you go and you've just done this run of shows with indoors, kind of almost somewhat normal. Yep. Um, could you see that the, 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 the vast difference was it, was it hard to, to be the security guy during those pod type shows or, or how did you, how did you view that? I'm just so. Eyes it's, security it's a great question. And the first couple of shows we did were, were really like actual drive-ins. The first show we did was outside uh, where the Phillies play uh, in Philadelphia. And, but there was like 800 cars and Live Nation did us a great show. But the next two were smaller promoters in PA uh, that were in actual drive-ins. And so my first thought during all this car stuff is, well, if we're not checking uh, people with coming with bags, all these cars could actually be car bombs. Like you give me a, a car with full tank of gas, some propane, grass seed and nitrate. I could kill a lot of people. Get and so motherfucker. <laughs> my, my first thought is if one of these people here want to do something stupid, like if we're, we got to check the trunks, if we're, I know where I can hide a gun. I know where I can hide a person in the car. Let's do a thorough job doing this because like Chad said, like if you're coming to a venue, you expect your bag to be uh, checked or stuffed up down or you have a clear bag policy, whatever it is, these cars, man, that's scary stuff. And uh, it, that was, it was kind of an adjustment, but again, you get used to it. And for me, we did a couple indoor shows in some states, uh, not going to name any states, but you can kind of Oklahoma, wherever, uh, where the capacity it was just different. You cross, literally cross one side of Florida to the next and no mass temperature checks to uh, strip search, 10 people inside only. So for us, that was kind of the mental adjustment because as a touring band and crew, we had to wear the face masks, uh, the COVID tests and get all this stuff where we have to, we have to go home to our wives and kids or girlfriends or just whoever. It's like, we got to do what we can ourselves and we don't want to get the fans sick or the, the local sick. So there was an adjustment there, but when you look through that, you still have to do your job and did COVID add a couple extra steps? Sure. But you, you still got to get the, you still got to go up there before. You still got to do the security checks. You still got to run the front of house. You still got to do monitoring. You got to do all this stuff. It's let's just, we can all sit here and bitch about COVID, but if you're in the middle of work, you still got to get your work done. So I'm not going to waste time bitching. Yeah. Hey, one question I have before we go on to walk the plank, John is like, so China is going out. You have a good grasp on what the industry is going forward. We got, everyone's excited about going to festivals and shows and I'm sure a lot of people going to these festivals just, hey, man, it's going to be like 2019 again. No worries. As someone who has a little bit better grasp on the reality, what people can expect when they go to shows this fall, what are they going to be kind of looking at what they were used to? Or is it going to change up a little bit? I know we're not going to be doing it with the pod thing anymore. We're going to be doing full capacities. And 
probably shoulder to shoulder, but is there going to be these ex- extra checks? What's it going to be out there? From what I've seen, just from different venues, like those mm-hmm. hand washing stations um, or areas for sanitizing your hands and stuff like that. I think that stuff's here to stay, which I think it's a, it's very, it's great. It can help down before COVID you can get catch the flu. You can get germs, anything off railings, anything at these venues. So I think that stuff's here to stay. Um, but I, th- I honestly, I think, it, I mean, there's already festivals going on. My company's already been done a bunch of festivals, full capacity, five, 10,000 people. Uh, what I have noticed though, is that the, it feels like the love of music. I think music is very helpful and helps people. And uh, it's very necessary form of medication for a lot of people. And just from what I've seen from the beginning of COVID to now, the faces of the people, there's so much pent up energy and demand for the live show. And it can be rap country, whatever it is. And I think that for me is going to lead to a lot of issues, but 99% of the time, great issues. But if I haven't been to a show in a month and a half or a year and a half, and I get with my buddies and we're Toby Keith, we got red solo cuffs. We're jacked up on beers all day tailgating. I'm more amped up myself if I was tailgating. So I don't know how a lot of these situations could actually the first year or so are going to be really, uh, I think there'll be a lot of aggressiveness, uh, but not in a bad way. These people are just so amped up and don't know how to control their emotion because what they've loved their whole life was taken away from them for a big, big part of their life. Yeah. If I can add on that real quick, man, uh, what I notice and when every time I leave the house and I, this, I was paying attention to it specifically in the last couple of weeks, every time I leave the house, I'm always, I'm always catching like a confrontation, not from with me, but like somewhere in the places that I never thought there would be like at the gas station while pumping gas. I watched a dude get knocked out last night. Like what I don't in it, where I live to, it's not like a typical place that you would see like that sort of like public facing violence. It's not that I live in like a great area, but it just not, it doesn't happen here. So I also think about that energy being taken from the household, pent up aggression, whatever yes. it is, you know, and then you put some guitars and some bass and some drums and some, somebody yelling at them or whatever it is. And it's scary as a concert promoter, like thinking about that for, you know, for my friends, you know, I have some shows that are still in the books, for instance, that I have to see through, um, you know, as part of my deal of transitioning. And I'm like, shit, man, I don't want to. Yeah, those mosh pits are scary now, man, because it's none of these people are bad people. It's just they're they're hyped up. And you got forbid you see an injury. And the other thing, too, if you want to wear a mask to a show next week, who cares? I don't give a shit. Feel free to wear a mask. But if that person, I don't want to wear a mask. Don't get confrontational with me. And it should go both ways there. Do what you think is safe. No one's forcing you at gunpoint to go to a show. Uh, and if you are, get some help. Um, but <laughs> I don't, I, I just, I do, I do think that the pent up demand, you're going to see a lot of medicals in a lot of situations where people are over drinking because this is a release for them, but now it's on steroids. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That people are going to be, they're going to wear themselves out. It's kind of like that's that, that meme. It shows a guy, the guy <laughs> yeah. bent over. He's like, he looks 70 years old. It's like, you're waiting, you can't wait the mosh all night and you're five minutes into it and you're like, you're done. You know, you just 100%. overextended yourself initially. So, John, we're going to play Walk the Plank. You know, the premise here is to basically just ask you some random questions and you give whatever answer flies off the top of that mind of yours. These should be interesting. Uh, oh, oh, you mean, would you rather? Are we, are we going to do, do? do Walk the Plank or would you rather first? I just had these five real quick. What would you rather? Well, let's questions? do. Well, well, okay. We'll switch it up time. We'll do. Would you rather? Then we'll do walk the plank because that we okay. we do have some questions from our, from the ship rockers. Yeah, yeah, totally. This yeah, is just going to encompass all of the questions that I did have. Um, so they're just quick, real quick answers. Like which one, right? Uh, okay. This one or that one. So uh, the first one is: Would you rather work a festival or a club? Festival. Uh, Petty piggybacking on that. Would you rather be indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Uh, would you rather deal with two drunk guys or two drunk girls fighting? Two drunk guys. <laughs> Good uh, uh, would you uh, would you rather, <laughs> if you were to go back in time and work for one of these two, would you rather work for Biggie or Tupac? Uh, now, That's a great question. Because either way, I'm going to get possibly shot. Uh, yeah. And I don't mean that because a lot of times when people ask me, I don't know if it's supposed to be a long-winded question, but a lot of times people ask me, you want. would you, how would you have done this or whether there's ever there's a shooting or stuff like that? And not to QB this stuff, but yeah, I, I, I love that conspiracy theory of Tupac and I'm always wondering, man, if you did this to that, 
geez, I'm trying to, because I like both as artists. I would say Tupac. I loved him in Above the Rim with uh, Jim Belushi, so that's well, that's why I'm going with that. Yeah, just just behind the uh, the mask things that you would have taken away from that personality in general, I think it would have been fucking dope. Yeah, I, I think there's something spiritual. There's something just about him spiritually, and just he was very he was a poet, right? And so I I, I would kind of resonate more with that type of person. But either way, both situations are. I mean, you're if you, if you're in that situation. I mean, I don't, I think security now is a little bit better. Um, totally. More, more planned out because this is real issues. Uh, so yeah, I would go Tupac. Hey, my last I, question. That was, yeah. What's up, Justin? No, I was going to ask if you, you had one more. I had more. I had one of the, would you rather? Okay. My last question is, uh, <laughs> would you rather have to, one of these two, be forced to wear boxers or briefs while working? Forced to wear. Like you only, yeah, I usually don't wear two. anything. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, okay, you can you no, can choose that, I guess. No, uh, be forced to wear. I would rather be forced to wear briefs. Good call. Yeah, yeah. People, I'm a boxer guy. Like I, I'm, I, you can't. I'm too much of an alpha male to put in some speedo and just come on, let's go. <laughs> let's get- All right, John. It's 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 lunch straight burlap. Yep. It's catering's not up yet, so it's lunchtime. Are you doing the local deli? You're taking the buyout. I'm not eating because I I actually intermediate fat intermediate fast now, so oh. I uh, I don't even breakfast or lunch. You're taking I the fifteen even, bucks. You're taking the fifteen. I'm taking the fifteen, and uh, yeah, I don't. A lot of times, you, this comes this comes off as very chauvinistic and arrogant, but I don't have time to eat, or I have time to eat, but in my head. The minute I sit down and start doing something, especially at a festival or a show, there's something else I could be doing. And so maybe if there's like a celery stick or a handful of sliced red peppers, I could dip into some ranch and walk out with, but I don't have time to eat. Even at dinner John, time. I, John, I don't think there's any food that's good enough to be in your mouth. I, it, I don't even want deserve it. Like, to be it. It's yeah, disgusting. It's disgusting. Eat, eating no, is for the week. <laughs> that's right. So how about, what are you eating then? You're just eat, you eating lunch and dinner or just dinner? I will eat dinner. And so it's really? probably around six to six thirty. So Right. No, you don't eat after dinner. There's no like snack at a night. Um if there's after show, uh if it's a festival, I'll grab like, a couple slices of pizza or whatever, like a sandwich or something. I'll make a sandwich. But I don't I honestly I don't I try to take my health somewhat seriously now. And so I don't before I would just be a garbage disposal. Uh yeah. but now you used to be the bread just, guy. Uh, oh, we don't I'll fuck up a loaf of bread any day of the week. I just for me, it's only dinner. I'm not eating anything before that. Classic God, sandwich punching. That must nice. have been a really good number on you. So let's do a would you rather. But hold on, we got a quick question from uh, Steve, Steve Filer. Steve, I hope, you, I hope I'm saying this right, brother. Um, what's, the, what's the oddest thing you've ever confiscated from someone at a concert? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think because I don't uh, – I'm not a lot of the concerts. I'm not at the door, so I'm not stopping that stuff. But I've sure. had backstage uh, where the bus is parked, which I hate that whole set. How the whole setup is where fans have that close access to well, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to knock at the fans, but it's just a safety issue. Um, but I've had people that will be like, uh, "Hey, can I? I got a gift for the band, and it's like this, like a like a dildo or like like an FUG. Like I've seen like actual." in Europe, like, like, uh, like Western Europe, where it's like people made like these dolls where I don't know if they're voodoo dolls. It looked like real flesh, like stuff like that is always super creepy, especially when they look like they could summon a demon. Like I just don't, that stuff right there really kind of creeps me out. Do you just, do you take it off of them and just not to assault them and then just sling it? Yeah. Again, it's all customer service. Like, uh, yeah. But here's the yeah. thing, the Shindo guys, they keep everything. It literally, like I come home with suitcases of stuff. Hey, make sure this gets to storage or don't throw yeah. this away. Uh, so they're great about that. The only stuff that really gets left behind is like that really super weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, see, been, having run festivals and stuff or better cruise ships where people get stopped before they embark on the, get on the ship. I mean, people have some crazy shit in there, as you guys know. And so, I mean, there's everything from weapons to I've seen a guy or a woman actually make a fake uh, necklace with a dirt grenades and she was supposed to come on uh, to the event. And I'm just like, uh, she's like, well, they're fake. I go, well, I hope they are because this is a really smart on your part, but I'm just stuff like that where it's like, come on, like 
we live in a day and age where this stuff actually people get killed with explosions and these people have no common sense like that. So I wish they were real grenades. <laughs> yeah. I would have pulled the pan and kicked her out. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hatch. You want to do walk the plank then, Chad? Sure. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. That's great. Skin masks. By uh, all means, so- can I start it? Or are we got? Are we yeah, gonna go full? No, all, no, no. All, okay. No, cool. no. Pop, so, follow me, please. So my my question. So these are just they're generalized questions. Usually not about music. At least I try not to make mine about um, music yeah. related or job related situations. So simply this: What temptation do you try the hardest to resist? Ooh. Um, ooh. I don't have a lot of vices. Um, So maybe I'll preface this by saying when I drink, I really let loose. Um, But obviously I don't do that when I'm working. Um, And I never have a temptation to drink at work. I literally go three months without drinking. Uh, But when I do, I tend to, I can't really stop after a couple. Um, But in terms of a vice, uh, man, I don't know. That's, That's just a really good question. Like I don't have a lot of stuff where I've ever really tempted I always try to do the right thing and I know it's super cliche. Uh, I mean, there's been times where I wish I could just grab someone and scream in their face and call them a cunt or just like knock them around. Obviously you can't do that. Uh, so it's, I guess maybe biting my tongue, keep my cooth and my cool. Uh, sometimes when a situation it really is bad um, that I got to be a level head and people are watching me, how I react. Uh, but no, it's a great question. I just don't have a lot of, I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done drugs. Uh, so I don't know. I don't have that type of stuff where I'd have to deal with it, but yeah, good question. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is, this is a question. This is, this is more of a, would you rather, but we're going to head and treat it as a walk the plank. Uh, God damn it. All right, Karen. Yeah. You won again, darling. All right, here it is. Cause she was paying attention. Um, in roadhouse, would you rather be Patrick Swayze or Sam Elliott? Oh. Uh, Sam Elliott. Um, and why? I would be Sam Elliott because I love the wealth of knowledge and he, he had that cool demeanor where he's been there, done that. And he could kind of lead his leadership skills in that movie are just the best. And when he, when they're obviously who hasn't seen Roadhouse, but when he's in the back or when Patrick Swayze gets his ass kicked in the back and they're breaking all the liquor and stuff at the bar, and he just watches him get his ass kicked a little bit. It was kind of really cool. Like, Here's the uh, his little amigo, and he's out there watching his ass kicked, and he jumps in there. And I just like that quiet leadership. Uh, ben there done that. The respect uh, you can see the re- you can see what he's done just on his face and hands. Uh, but uh, both iconic characters. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, John, what's your biggest pet peeve on the road? I know we always talk about fake laminates because nothing drives you more crazy than seeing people posting their working yes. pass or their backstage pass online while a show while a concert's in on, you know, it's going on. Like it still has three yeah. weeks left. Is that, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I would say that we have a great crew. I mean, there's been certain times uh, when crew members come and go, but they'll post what hotel we're at, where the band's at, or even if the crew's just at that hotel, stuff like that, where in this day and age, you have to be a little more safe uh, mm-hmm. and smart about stuff. And to go on the passes, I, after the show, or like right before like the first band or whatever, I'll go on uh, social media and I'll just type in shine down or whoever it is. And usually I can, there's been a couple of times where I found the press person that took a picture of the press pass for the opening band. Oh, shoot. The first few songs shine down next to whoever tag themselves with the pass. And I literally pull them out of the pit and I say, Hey, you're done for the show. And they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, go talk to the promoter, go talk to management. Cause I just let management know. Cause there's stuff like that where after a tour, you want to sell your used passes and all that bullshit, make a uh, mobile and hang it next to your solar system. Cool. But there's men and women out here that their lives are on the line and yeah, that sounds dramatic, but just be respectful of that. And if you're a family member or a friend, respect the process and what we put, go through uh, to make sure these events stay safe. And by not pat, like, if you're a photographer and you post your photo pass during a show before the headliner, I'm going to find you. Yeah. And you're no longer going to be shooting bands. Anymore, right. It's just, it's just ever on a list. Right. You know, yeah. right. <laughs> ever. 
Yeah. Um, Stupid. Hey, real quick. Hey, Anna Jenkins, you asked a question. I'll just go ahead and answer it for John. She wants to know, John, how you get involved in the security industry. I assume that she just goes into whatever state she's living in, finds out where she can ascertain her guard card. Yes. So that's the big thing too. You have to be properly, uh, each state has their own different laws. Uh, some states like Florida, if you get your G, uh, D card, you can reciprocate to I think 30 other states. If you have your CCW, reciprocate to a bunch of other states if you want to carry armed. California, New York, Massachusetts, other states like that uh, have stricter laws and you can have a, be a felon, all this stuff like that. But definitely just type in Google, uh, whatever your state security guard, and they'll list all the processes and fees and stuff like that. All right. Fantastic. Well, Hey, John, buddy. Thanks, man. This has been great, dude. We're, we're stoked to have you on. This is such a really good, uh, little left turn for us to bring someone who is part of the industry, but just not what you always expect. So thank you for your time tonight, man. We really appreciate it. No, thank you guys for yeah. Uh, hey guys out there at Facebook line. John also has his podcast spear talk. You can find that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Also check out seemingly unknown podcast. He does with, a. Mr. Zach Myers from Shinedown. And if you're really feeling juicy, you can check out another podcast he's a part of with yours truly called Scatterbrains. So you can go listen to us talk mumbo jumbo from time to time. Um, John's going to be out with Shinedown. So if by any chance you go to those Shinedown shows, you see him up at the front, just give him a wave or a hello. Don't say hi to me. Don't say hi to him. He will take your face right off and wear it. All night. Yeah. And re-gift your face. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, hey, singer. <laughs> hey, guys, I should have mentioned earlier, but uh, remember, we do still have cabins for uh, Shiprocked uh, 2022 taking place in January featuring Lamb of God, Eberville, from Ashes to New Steel Panther, and many, many more. You can go to uh, shiprock.com and still get your cabins. Is Bad Flower on the boat this year? They are. Yeah. They are. Dude, their new yeah. single family is amazing. Yeah, we we just posted about the other day. We tried to get everyone to go with it. Yeah, so they're great. They're great, and they're they were one of those discussion points for us when the book and the cruise that they also wanted back on. So anyway, um, let's see what else we got going on there. Okay, well I guess that's it tonight. But uh, listen, guys, thanks for listening to Making Waves the Shiprock Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media family. We want to thank our show producer Al McManus, our show engineer Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator. Heather Smith, and then of course we couldn't do any of this, any of this, none of this exists without uh, the captain, Alan Kadig. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey guys, remember to go find us on uh, wherever you get your podcast or YouTube. You can do we are on YouTube now, guys. Go there and uh, review, rate, subscribe, and share. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.